0: Hey folks, welcome to Bear Hunting Podcast episode number, I don't know if this is going to be seven or eight, but uh, one of those anyway. So thanks for joining us today. Um, today we're going all the way up to Alaska um, talk to Kyle Virgin. Um, he's a do-it-yourself hunter who uh, last year took a really nice grizzly over bait with his bow. So uh, I uh, i saw his videos on YouTube and figured he'd be a great guy to talk to. So without further ado, how you doing, Kyle?
1: Doing good, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, thanks for coming on. So, um, how's, uh, have you, you guys still have snow up there?
1: You know, it's starting to melt pretty good now. We're finally up, uh, shit, I think we hit into the 50s today. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I guess for the last couple of years, kind of a slower spring this year, but yeah, it was kind of nice actually having snow this winter.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can imagine, so. Yeah, we got hammered for a couple of years. And now we've kind of had a break for the winter. So, um, actually, it was weird. Uh, Sunday, I was out. Um, it was 70 degrees, and I was sitting on my porch without a shirt on. And then today, we got six inches of snow. So, I don't know what's <laughs> going on. <Wow. laughs> but anyway, that's all right. So, um, cool. So, uh, let's jump right into it. Uh, how long have you been hunting bears?
1: Well,. Yeah probably just really the last couple of years. Um, growing up, my, so my dad was in a, uh, worked for a guide up here in Alaska and he had a couple of pretty sketchy experiences with bears. And we just, you know, when we were out hunting, if we saw a bear, we would, we'd watch it. We'd keep an eye on it make sure it went its way and we'd go ours. And, uh, it, uh, I mean, if, if we got plenty of time, I, I'd love to tell you my, probably my favorite story from him when he was, when he was guiding, um, he was he was working for a guide up here uh by the name of bud cockle and uh this was in uh, probably 71 72 and uh so the, the craziest part for me at least anyways is in 71 72 he was probably 14 15 years old at the most and uh so he gets up in the morning to go tend the horses and uh he's got another guide and and two hunters with him and uh so he goes out to tend the horses, and there's about 200 yards up the, the riverbed uh, from their camp, there's a grizzly on the bar out there just kind of eating away, um, working his way down the riverbed. And so he runs back to the tent, and he wakes the, his hunter up, and he goes, "Mickey, Mickey, you got to get out here. There's a bear out here on the, on the sandbar. And he's like, yeah, right, you know, whatever. Quit messing with me. He's like, there's no stinking bear out there. He goes, no, I'm dead food. He's like, get out here. And uh, so Mickey finally comes back you know, out of the tent, gets, gets everything situated. And little backstory on Nicky, he actually, uh, saved his entire life for this hunt. Um, the guy was actually legally blind and had a special scope made for his three seventy five by Bushnell. And, uh, so he made all of his money and saved his entire life from selling hot dogs outside the white house. And so I guess the guy was just, he was, he was great company. He had good stories. And uh, so they get Mickey out, laid down. He's propped up on a pack, and hes he's got the bear in his scope. And uh, what they didn't take into account for is there was a, a sandbar that actually was a little bit higher than what his barrel was. He could see the bear perfect through the scope, but the the sandbar was kind of blocking the barrel. So the first shot that he lets out, uh, the it actually hits the sand. So the bear takes off running. Well, the second shot hits the bear pretty much right in the gut. And uh, I mean, as it's about to go into the brush at, at 200 yards, this is the only bear that they've seen so far in this hunt. And I mean, they want to make it happen for this guy. So that bear bites at its side, whips around, at, I mean, flips a 180, and just comes straight at him at a dead run. Well, the other hunter takes off running. The the guide that was with him, his gun jams, so he can't get a shot off. And you got Mickey, who is legally blind, trying to find the bear in his scope. And I mean, this is a big old monster bush now. It's probably zoomed in, but, you know, who knows what power. And my dad, of all things, doesn't have a gun on it's back in the tent. And here's this bear closing the gap fast. And the one guy's got a, got a gun that's jammed. The other hunter, is running as fast as he can to get back to the camp. And my dad actually had to take the gun from Mickey, this legally blind hunter, and ended up shooting the bear at about 50 feet and, and hit it right in the chest. And uh, the, I mean, it knocked the bear down, broke it down, and the thing, its hindquarters could still move. And so, I mean, it just sat there spinning circles and spinning circles, just still trying to get out of it. And, uh, you know, keep in mind for a 14, 15 year old kid, this is like, <laughs> pretty serious dude.
0: oh yeah you can't and, even uh, drive yet <laughs> you know
1: yeah exactly I mean and I mean like talking to my dad even today I mean he's still I mean, he just like I mean, he
2: talks about the
1: saliva coming off the bear's jaws I mean this thing is just coming for blood and uh, so and, you know they finally kill this bear and you know Mickey's just pumped you know and, oh man I got my bear I got my bear my dad's like yeah good lord and he just just about got killed here you know mm-hmm. and So we were always, you know, pretty well taught to have a healthy respect for bears, and so we never hunted them when I was younger. And then, you know, I I kind of started hunting a little more on my own, and I actually started doing a a fair bit of solo hunting. And you know, we'd see bears, and they've always kind of had this allure, even though I, you know, was supposed to stay away from them. But Mm -hmm. yeah, probably in the last five years or so was really when I started hunting bears. Okay, awesome.
0: Now, did you start out with blacks or jump right into grizzlies?
1: You know, the first bear I actually went for was a grizzly. Um, we were okay. doing a uh, backpack moose hunt, mm-hmm. and there was a grizzly that we could pattern almost every single day, and I mean, perfectly pattern him almost down to the to the half hour on where he was going to be mm-hmm. uh, moving across this blueberry patch. And it was just kept seeing, kept seeing, and I finally, I, I, you know, I was hunting with my brother-in-law at the time, and I said, I'm, I'm gonna go for him. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, I didn't end up getting that there, but yeah, that was really what, what kicked it in for me was, was uh, that grizzly that we, we went after when we were out moose hunting. Okay,
0: awesome, that's super cool, huh?
1: Um,
2: hmm.
0: Very, very interesting. So, so you started out spot and stalk hunting them. What, and then, but this bear you took over bait. Did what kind of got you into baiting versus uh, doing spot and stalk hunts for them?
1: So, I've got uh, I've got two daughters, and um, I I really wanted a a way to get them out and and to be able to, to let them experience bear hunting before you know, who knows what happened. Um, my, my oldest daughter is kind of a, a sick kid. She's got some medical issues and, uh, as a result, her her joints flare up really bad. So she has, um, from time to time, she has mobility issues and for her to get, get out and hunt with me, um, I wanted to, to explore an avenue that I could get someone that was mobility challenged out, you know, and still be able to experience just as, as much as what I got to when I was growing up. And, uh, so that was, I mean, I probably only, I guess I've been baiting now for this will be my, only my third year baiting, Okay. actually. Okay.
0: Interesting. That's really, really cool. I can, I can relate because, uh, you know, I got a young son as well and I've been taking him out, started taking him out to the bait sites with me down here and uh he, he just loves it. And that's the nice thing is they can kind of get involved with it too. So that's cool. Yeah.
2: They get to, they need to go help
1: fix the spot and, you know, set everything up and, you yeah. know, yeah. yep. it's good time, especially kids oh definitely definitely
0: so that's what it's all about well cool so um what region of alaska are you hunting in
1: so i hunt uh it would be you know if you're looking at a fish and game map it would be unit 13 which is a, a really big unit here in alaska and it kind of stretches from the northern side of the Chugach range uh kind of covers a lot of the Talkeetnas, and then it goes all the way over and pretty much butts up to the uh to the copper river okay and and that's kind of the the area that I grew up hunting because so i I grew up out in Glen island which is pretty much just a stop sign on the map mm-hmm. and uh so we uh we spent pretty much my my whole adolescence uh hunting at thirteen awesome. so that's the that's the area that I know the best so that's where I started baiting from
0: okay cool sweet now um it, is that pretty mountainous and foresty then in terms of terrain or do you got some tundra in there? What's, what's sort of the terrain like there?
1: Well, it was kind of a mix. You can get everything from, from cottonwoods to, to black spruce to absolute tundra um, okay. where there's just no tree. And where, where I try to hunt is, is right around tree line. Honestly, that's, that kind of seems to be about the best bet for me. Okay. Gotcha,
0: and that's in the springtime.
1: Yeah, actually, yep. uh, baiting opens for me um, on the fifteenth, so on Saturday the season opens up, and uh, I'll be I'll be setting bait out again this spring. Okay, sweet, well, cool.
0: So, um, for this particular spot where you shot this bear, what uh, what made you pick that? Were, were you specifically targeting grizzlies, or were you targeting whatever bears showed up? I guess.
1: The first year that I started baiting, uh, it wasn't legal to take grizzlies over bait, and uh, at least not in the area that I was in. Mm-hmm. So I was targeting black bears, and the black bears, at least the ones that I'm familiar with, uh, really like river valleys, and they like walking along the top bluff of a river valley.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And they, I mean, if you get to the right spot with the right densities, you'll find trails where they, I mean, that's, that's the only thing that possibly makes sense to me, is that it's black bears. Where uh, I mean, they actually have a a decent trail worn uh, on the top of the bluff, and so there's a couple trails that are very uh, seldomly traveled by people that don't really know the area, and so we went out, my my daughter and I actually, and uh, we just picked a spot, kind of a little bit above uh, a river valley, kind of right within 200, 300 feet elevation wise of tree line where we're kind of the valley and the, the tree line kind of break there mm-hmm. and uh, that's a nice shady spot and just say, yeah, we'll give it a shot. i huh? see what, see what it comes.
0: Okay, cool.
1: Very cool. So, um,
0: is there any other, like basically, so when you set up a bait for, for, um, either, is there really any difference between a black bear versus a grizzly spot in your experience
1: you know, if, if I was specifically targeting grizzlies, I would probably stay right where I'm at. If I was specifically targeting black bears, mm-hmm. I would honestly move, uh, probably down either down elevation or find somewhere with a higher density of cottonwoods. Um, I, I really don't have that good of black bears in my area. Um, mm-hmm. I I've gotten black bears off the stand every time, but mm-hmm. it, they're definitely the minority, whereas I have way more grizzlies hitting my bait. Okay,
0: gotcha. That makes
1: sense. Yeah, okay, because that's what I, you know,
0: because I don't, I've never baited grizzlies. I've only done black bears, and um, that was something I didn't really know was if there was a, a difference, if you always kind of got a mixed bag or whatever showed up, or if you just, you know, had spots that were specific for grizzlies or for black bears or whatever. So,
1: okay, cool. Yeah. There's some guys up here that have good a good mix of both bears on their stands, but mm-hmm. at least on my, the black bears are scared to death of the grizzlies. And yeah. they 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 come in extremely wary. I mean, they, they sneak in. You never you never hear them. You, you see them before you ever hear them. Yeah. And when you do, they're you know, super sketched out and super skittish. They're actually, they're honestly harder to get than what the, the grizzlies are off my base stand.
0: Huh, Interesting. <laughs> well, that's that's cool. I mean, you know, that's because around here the the bears are pretty, you know, cagey a little bit. But I mean, but the big black bear boars they come in with a dominance, I guess, almost like a grizzly wood there, just because they're the top dog of the woods around here. So, but huh, that's funny. Cool. So, um, bait wise, what are you using? Because I guess since you were setting up for whatever, was there what were you using for bait?
1: So any of the, the scent Louis or anything like that that I've bought has all been from uh, Baitum 907. They're okay. really popular they're up here in Alaska, and they're mm-hmm. starting to—I guess maybe they already are down in the states.
2: Yeah, I've, um, I've used yeah. them
1: in the
0: past. Matter of fact, I've shot my biggest bear with their, their lure, so they really they make a nice product. So I haven't used them for a couple yeah. of years, but I, I think this year I'm probably going to go back. they got some new
1: stuff I want to try. So but. Yeah, I was considering trying. You've got Bruins Brunt. I've never tried that. I guess that's supposed to work pretty good for Grizz. Um, but I have those uh, bell-shaped um, bait bells with the rope molded into it, that, mm-hmm. the real strong anise bell. Yeah. Um, I've used those. And uh, honestly, the bears will do whatever it takes to pull those down out of the tree. Um, mm-hmm. I've used those those gel balls.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I've used powders that mm-hmm. those guys. So I've used quite a bit of their stuff. Uh, I think my favorite, my favorite bait, though, at least just as far as flat getting them in there, um, w- w- would have to be poultry. Okay. There's nothing just more awful than the smell of rotten chicken that's been sitting in like a blue bucket for a week outside. Yeah, I'm eating open that it. There's, there's there's very few things that smell that horrible mm-hmm. i mean it's it's ridiculous <laughs> so as far as getting the scent out there um i really just i like chicken um and so last spring i guess in february i drew a uh a targeted moose hunt for um moose that were on the on the road and posing a threat to to motorists because mm-hmm. there were so many moose collisions so I saw a uh, cow moose with my bow last year in February, and I actually saved all of the the guts and all of the bones and stuff off this moose, and hauled those out to my stand last year,
2: Mm -hmm. and
1: uh, that, I mean, that that was just right there on par with some some nasty chicken, I was actually dry heaving a little bit as I was setting that stuff out, because I mean, it was I shot it in February and not even set that day out until April 15th last year. I mean, so it sat in blue plastic coats for like almost two months outside. I mean, granted, you know, March was still pretty, February and March was still pretty cold, but mm-hmm. uh, it was awful. I mean, yeah. there was maggots hitting on it. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I used the, I used the stink to get them in and then, you know, more than, more than anything else, what they go for on my stand is just dog food. Okay. Um, I've had fish, freezer burnt fish that people have given me. Um, I had a, uh, I had a goose that had reached its uh, past its prime, and the the old lady that owned the goose couldn't didn't have the heart to put her own goose down. So I, of all things, word of mouth they heard I had a bait stand, so I mean I I, I used a goose out there, and you know, like I say, the stink'll bring a in, but they they go right past it and they'll go they'll go to the dog food. And yeah. uh in a couple of the videos you can see that the there's will walk up to stick their head down in a bucket and, and smell it and really are like, good lord. I'm they're probably thinking the same thing at them. But <laughs> yeah. They'll pull their head back out of there and then I mean they'll go and plop down right in front of the dog food and just start chowing away. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, 'cause that's the that's a tactic I've heard is to have sort of like a stink bait like that they don't necessarily um, you know, kind of like a rotten fish or in your case chicken. I, I heard goose. I've, I've never heard of anybody baiting with a goose before. That's that's awesome. <laughs> if there was a if there was an award for the most in, in inventive bear bait, I think you just won it. Goose,
1: that is funny. So it was. It's one of like the the big old monsters. <laughs> Uh-huh. So she works with my brother-in-law. you know, through word of they found out and a base stand, and I felt like a hitman going over there. I got the call at like seven o'clock at night, and they're like, "Yeah, this goose is completely blind. The other geese are picking on it. It's, it's starting to starve. It's just not doing good." But the gal doesn't have the heart to put this goose down herself. So I go over there. I'm not sure what to expect. I'm expecting the thing to pretty much be dead, and I get over there and. Her husband comes walking out of the house and he's like, "Oh, you know, let's do this thing." And I'm like, well, "You're here? Why? Why didn't you just kill the goose?" But uh, whatever. So, of all things, I, you know, again, you know, I'm not quite sure what to expect. So I show up with my machete, and I mean, it seemed like a good idea at the time. And so the husband, you know, picks the goose up, walks it over to a, a, a piece of wood, and sticks it his neck out. And I'm like, "All right, the last thing I want to do is have to hit this thing more than once with this machete." So, I slam the machete down, the goose's head comes off, and, I mean, the first thing that happens, of course, is blood just goes spurting out. The husband sees the blood go shooting out, and I don't know if it was just a reaction or if he just didn't want the blood on him, but he lets go of this goose, and so this thing takes off across the yard, flapping its wings, I mean, there's blood and crap going everywhere. and. I'm like, Oh my goodness. I, I'm just I'm looking around hoping that nobody that knows me is gonna drive past this house to see the cram scene that's going on right now. <laughs> and uh so I finally you know, we get this goose track down and I, I stand on it until all the nerves are gone and then you know, here I am cramming this thing into a trash bag. I throw it in the back of my truck and away I go. And uh I actually got the call for a second, goose, and I was like, you know what? If you've got any other way to take care of this thing, I'm, I'm good. I don't need any more geese for my bait, band.
0: <laughs> my hat's off to that, you. That's. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is the best bait gathering story I've ever heard. That is awesome. Yeah,
2: it, uh, it was worth the experience, I guess.
0: Oh man! Now, did the bears like the goose?
1: I, I mean, I mean, they ate it. I, I can't <laughs> say whether they ate it before the the dog food was gone right. or not, but, but
2: they did. Uh, eat. That's the,
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah, they did they, eat. They, they, they've eaten everything that I have put out there. I think, of, you know, of all the crazy things, the one thing that they didn't eat um, was we we had done some shrimping out of uh, Prince William Sound
2: mm-hmm. out of my
1: buddy's boat and. After we popped all the tails off, I took the rest of the bodies that we had, threw them in a bucket, and took those out there. And I thought, I mean, I thought that was going to be like a, you know, filet mignon for these bears. Right. And they didn't touch them, really. They, and they wanted nothing to do with them. Yeah, it was weird. And I mean, maybe the I don't know, too crunchy or something. I have no clue. But hmm. they they wanted nothing to do with them. It. it was it was weird. And uh, but all the. The rotten mush meat, anything like that if you need the bad food gone, they'll, they'll eat anything that I've left out there um the uh, in one of my my videos there's a, a top empty tide bottle that I actually filled with rotten milk and anything that I could get crammed down in there chip noodle soup or anything I just I put the the cap back on the tide bottle and set that outside for a while
2: mm-hmm. and then
1: you know have it go oh, on there you can crank it up into the tree really easy. And get it up pretty high. They got a hold of that and chewed that thing all up and ate whatever was inside of it. But yeah, the shrimp for whatever reason they never they, never, they didn't touch the shrimp. Hmm.
0: That very very surprising. I would have thought they would have touched the curled milk or whatever. But
1: hmm. interesting. Huh. Well, I won't. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> the grizzlies. Are funny. I mean, they even they've, uh, they've even eaten one of my. Well, I shouldn't say they ate the game camera, but they, they pulled the game camera down off of the tree mm-hmm. and got the thing open. Don't ask me how they got it open, but they actually <laughs> ate the batteries out of my game camera. And uh, the, the foils where the batteries are supposed to be. You know, they're all stretched out. You know, you can tell me whether they claws or their teeth or something. And I've been told that the batteries have, like, a, a high salt content, and I don't know if that has anything to do with it. But, yeah, they ate the batteries out of my game camera. Yeah. And then I found my game camera laying in a whole bunch of dirt just down at the base of the tree. Uh-huh. So I don't know if you've ever experienced anything that any they really eaten the batteries out of your game no, camera. But...
0: They've never eaten batteries. Okay. I've had cubs take my cameras, um, you know, I've had them take cameras like 100 yards away from the bait and play with them or whatever, but I've never had them eat the batteries. That's wild. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it was a weird deal. I, I keep meaning to fix the little uh, coils for the battery pack on that thing so I can see if it still works. But, like, one of the very last pictures that that camera took is just this, like, face shot of a bear in, in at night. So it's infrared. It's just a black-and-white picture of a bear's face just right there. I mean, it, it looks like a crime scene photo.
0: That's wild. That is wild. Yeah, the uh, the craziest thing I've ever had to meet was – um. I was hunting up in Canada, and I covered my bait. Um, I just dug a hole and um, covered my bait with the plywood. And I came back, and they had chewed, taken bites out of the plywood. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know what... And those were black bears, and I, I don't know what, what possessed them to do that. But yeah, there was no joke bite marks out of it. It was just weird. <laughs> so...
2: And, and the funny thing,
0: life. yeah, they're very destructive. Yeah. So the weird thing too, it wasn't like there wasn't food because uh, it, it was um, in the, it was in August and there was actually like blueberries all around, but they still insist on eating the plywood. I, well. I don't know.
1: <laughs> so now, do you guys have to put uh, a, a marker or anything like that issued by uh fish and game out to mark the bait stand. Cause for whatever reason, the the that might, Mine is printed on. They mm-hmm. the same events to too because they eat my paper every single day. <laughs> no, we do
0: not have to mark ours here in Michigan. Um, but I could definitely see that being an issue. Now, what we do have to do, um, with our tree stands, we have to, um, we have to mark them with our name and address and all that. And I okay. usually what I do is, um, I put I'll put it in paper or whatever, and then I'll put it in. Uh, like a plastic bag and duct tape into my tree stand. Well, it seems like every time they find my tree stand and they insist on eating the plastic bag and my paper that has my name and stuff on it. So
1: just stupid. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't know why the pricks do that, but every single time, I mean, I, uh, yeah, I've, I've gotten pretty tired of of (laughs) reposting my, my, Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure.
0: So (laughs) crazy. Well, cool. So, um, I guess back on to the hunt. Um, now, since you were once when you, uh, I guess once you got your bait going, um, was it pretty evident that grizzlies were your
1: target at that point? So, you know, I th- that first year, um, that I ran my bait stand. I never had a single black bear on my game camera, and I was actually getting pretty frustrated. And mm-hmm. uh, I was, it was probably about beginning of June, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. And I was doing thirty; we can't get anymore. And rather than try and relocate with you know thirty days left, as like, I you know, I may as well just keep it here and hopefully something turns up. Um, and I had, like I said, I nothing. Nothing as far as black bear sign on my stand, and I was I was at the stand refilling my barrel with dog food, and you know you just kind of get that feeling like you're being watched, and yeah. so I can't hear anything because I'm pouring dog food. You know I got the bag crinkling and all the dog food's going on in the barrel, and I just kind I of looked over to my right, and there's a black bear about thirty yards maybe from me just watching me. <laughs> I was like, whoa so i uh, you know i'm super excited and uh i mean the four-wheeler is literally sitting right next to me that i rode in there on, and mm-hmm. my gun is on the four-wheeler and uh i reached over and i grabbed my gun and flipped the safety off and as i was turning back towards the left, uh she came just straight towards me she, she couldn't have cared less that i was there she was she was hungry <laughs> and uh I mean, I shot that little black bear, little sow, probably about a five-footer, mm-hmm. um, from I mean, maybe twenty yards away with my three hundred Ultra Mag, and I mean, it looked like I put a Wilson football through her. <laughs> I mean, it was it was a bad deal, but yeah. I, and that's all I had with me. I planned on doing it with my bow, and I really wanted my daughter in the tree stand with me. And
2: mm-hmm. That
1: didn't just yeah, the bear definitely had other ideas, but <laughs> uh, yeah, when we ended, I mean, just zero sat on her, so I don't know if she had you know, been run off of any other good food or if the grizzlies had pretty much pushed her off any kills or anything, but yeah, Mm -hmm. she was, she was starving. Gotcha. Interesting.
0: So, huh. Well, that's cool. So that was your first one. And then, um. That was
1: my first one. And then, so the, I guess back to your question, the following year, they changed the laws up here and you could take grizzlies over bait. And so it was really frustrating. Our game year runs from July 1 to June 30th. So yeah. on July 1, it's now legal for me to take a grizzly over bait, but it's not legal for me to have bait out anymore. So, I mean, I'm literally there at the day, you know, I'm 24 hours past where I can actually legally hunt over this bait. And I've got grizzlies on my stand and I've now it's legal technically where it will be for that bait season. you know, so I'm got yeah. it. But it was a really good motivator for the next year and, mm-hmm. uh, the next year is when I got that that bore off my stand, and okay. uh, that the next year definitely my focus was grizzlies, and I, I couldn't have cared less if I had black bears on there. Or not. <laughs> yeah,
0: I can imagine. <laughs> so um, so you were determined to do with your bow then. Um, did you from your video it looked like you're using a Hoyt bow? Um, do, I guess you want to describe your your archery equipment and then sure. were you anything specific for since you were targeting grizzly i guess
2: so
1: i uh there's no real incentive in alaska to use a bow it's, it's just they're not near as common up here it's more of a i'll be honest more of a novelty there's only a couple of tags that are bow only and that's just not near as prevalent up here as it is down the right. I, I bought a bow because uh, I really wanted to do. There's two hunts up there that really piqued my interest for the bow. One is there's a archery moose hunt out on uh, the the military base right outside of Anchorage,
2: mm-hmm. and then
1: there's a uh, dull sheep hunt uh, in the Chugach Mountains. It's an archery only hunt,
2: okay. and those are the
1: two hunts that that completely pushed me towards archery, even as a more of a novelty rather than a uh, my main my main weapon.
2: Okay, and
1: i went to full curl archery i you know probably the only bow i'd ever shot was when i was you know five or six years old and the only thing you aiming at then it was the sky just to see how far you could send an arrow up
2: mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> you know
1: i i mean i literally never shot a bow or anything i walked in and i said you know here's my backstory here's what i'm interested in um you know what what should i do yeah and uh those guys are great i mean they uh they brought me in, they set a couple of different bows up to my draw length, and I got to shoot. I mean, I shot a mission, I shot a Hoyt, I shot an elite, I shot, you know, a couple of different bows,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: I just, I like the Hoyt the best, and so I've just got a, I mean, it's Hoyt's bottom bow, is just a Hoyt charger, I don't even think they make it anymore. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, shoot, it's only tuned out to 62 pounds, mm-hmm. and uh, I I shot that with field points for a long time, got my, um, I shouldn't say a long time, but I, I shot quite a lot actually, uh, in the evenings after work mm-hmm. and felt really good with it and got my bowhunter shirt. And then,
2: uh, late fall
1: after all the leaves had dropped, I got a wild hair and decided I wanted to go, uh, look for bears with my bow on a spot and boxed style. And, uh, so I walked in and I said, there's set setup, obviously, the same same folks there at Full Curl, and I said, you know, what what broadheads are
2: you know, like, We're shooting uh, sixty
1: two pounds, like like hundred broadheads, and sixty two pounds on a bear. And um, rather than messing with a mechanical or anything like that, just in case it's a bad shot, you know, not to get into that whole mechanical you know, versus fixed. But um, he he gave me some Exodus uh, QAD Exodus broadhead hundred grams mm-hmm. and well, we went out looking for bears, never did find anything, and then you know I drew that moose tag. That was actually the first animal I ever shot with my bow, okay. and uh, I, I I shot that cow uh, quartering away shot, hit her right pretty much in the rib cage, exited uh, front right shoulder, full uh, pass through, and she went 30 yards and piled up. Her. Holy cow! I mean I'd, <laughs> I'd never seen a bow kill there. I was just I was amazed at. You know, first off, I got to hear everything, whereas then your ears are ringing, you know, it's just completely yeah. really different experience. Still, something with a bow, yep. and uh, so I, I shoot this cow moose, I mean, I was freaking hooked. I had worse buck fever after the shot with that bow than what I've <laughs> ever had. I, I mean, my stinking cow moose, but my hands were shaking. I was, yeah, that was oh, all yeah. Oh, yeah. And that... Really pushed me, and I was like, All right, um, anything I can, I'm hunting with a boom, and I'll mm-hmm. this. I haven't I set up, I've burned through different shafts and stuff, and changed my arrows up a little bit, but yeah, I still shoot just a green UAD Exodus from Broadhead.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: I got my, my Black Bear, my Grizzly, and my, my cow Moose all with just that exact same setup 62 pounds with a 100 grain mm-hmm. uh, Broadhead.
2: Nice, every one of
1: them has. A complete pass through, and none of the animals have gone more than I think my grizzly went 80, maybe 80 yards before he piled up. Wow. And uh, yeah, I'm just uh, you know I'm kind of one of those guys. that
2: I find something that works,
1: I just don't really have any good reason to change it. Yeah. So. exactly.
0: No, but that was my the reason I ask is because um, you, you always <laughs> I hear a lot of guys just trying to get all decked. Oh, I'm going to hunt. You know x animal that's because I I basically have the same setup you have I've got a um 65 pound draw weight mid bottom of the barrel um older Hoyt bow that shoots great but you know and it's awesome for me but it's not you know the super fast um top line bow and you know I was just asking for myself because it's kind of like you know, if I ever did want to do that, do I need a different and I'm sure other people have the same question as I do, is that do you need special, you know, top line equipment to go hunt something big like Grizzly, or can you just use what you've been using? So that was why I asked. So
1: You know, and I would I'm not a guide but I would yeah. stick with the typical guide answer, you know, what do you shoot every day and what do you shoot well? Because I don't care if you've got a eighty pound drain weight um Bad boy carbon bow that you yeah. like I, I, if I was a guide, I wouldn't want to see that out on a hunt. I want to see somebody idea a bow that they put, you know, three sets of strings on because they wore the other ones out and they can shoot it really well. And you know, realistically, you're not going to be, you shouldn't be probably shooting. And again, this is my opinion, but you shouldn't be sh- taking really long shots out in the field. I just don't think it's safe yeah. or realistic, especially on a bear. Yeah. And. You know, sixty pounds on a bear. As long as you're not hitting a shoulder blade or something, I mm-hmm. I find it hard to believe you're not going to get a full pass through. I mean, guys were killing them with trad bows and, and spears, exactly. you know, not all that long ago.
2: Exactly. And
1: you know, yeah. I, again, I go back to what do you shoot? What do you shoot well? And if the answer isn't a bow, well, you
2: better shoot it with a rifle. Man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: That's that's the other thing is that um, there's a lot of guys that. I mean, honestly, I'm going to probably get some flack for this, but they, they see folks on TV, you know, killing stuff with their bow, and, oh, man, I've got to do that, I've got to do that. And then they don't put in the time to get familiarized with their equipment, and they either put bad shots on them or miss or are unsuccessful just because they didn't put in the time because they make it look so easy on TV. So,
1: but... Yeah, I mean, you saw it's got to work, right?
0: Exactly. Oh, exactly. Look at that. He, <laughs> he just drilled it. It makes it so easy. Why can't I go do that? Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> so, anyway, send your hate email. <laughs> but, um, right. anyway. All right, Um, going to ask you this. So, I've heard that boar grizzlies are super sensitive to human scent, um, to where like you walk a trail and they'll find your trail and follow it and never show up again. Um, true or false? And what did you? What do you do for scent control? Or if, if anything, um, other than play the wind?
1: So it all, it all depends. Um, on a spot and stock hunt, I have been busted by bears. Always, uh, I mean, more often than not, they have just an absolute incredible nose them, and I don't know if I even still have the the videos up on my YouTube channel. Um but there's one that we stock and uh I mean we get close to it and it was a uh, that same grizzly I was talking about on that walk in moose hunt and he has busted me with his nose several times and we just never could get on him and then the one day I did get on and this will go right back to that old, you know, what what do you shoot? What do you shoot well? Mm-hmm. Um, I was with my dad, 338, and uh, I have only really had, up until that point, only ever shot a thirty out six. Mm-hmm. And so I took a 274-yard shot, you know, not that awful far, mm-hmm. uh, at this grip. And I knocked him down, and, I mean, he literally knocked him down, he stands up, and I hit him in the second shell. I knocked him down twice, and the thing took off running. And my brother-in-law was with me on that hunt, and he was backing me up to the .30-06. And he hit the bear at least once, rolled it, and there's just, we never found them. There's just some bears that can take lead, and we had a good blood trail. And the blood trail just eventually stopped. And I've heard a lot of people tell me that it's because when you, when you shoot a bear, their height is, is loose enough on them that a lot of times as they shift their, their weight or their body around, and that loose hide can cover up and actually the wound channel. And that's why they'll stop bleeding and congeal so fast. But, yeah. you know, how much truth there is to that? I don't know. Um, but for, for scent on spot and stock, I think it's paramount. And I don't believe in any scent killer, scent control or liner, or anything like that. The only thing you can do is stay downwind. Yeah. Now, by bait stand, uh, Bears get into trash cans all across Alaska every single day. So people can't say that it's bears avoid human scent at all costs, at least not the ones up here. Yeah. And so when I go into my bait stand, I literally ride my wheeler straight up to my barrel. Um, I don't do anything to cover up my scent. I actually try and spread my scent. I go to the bottom of my tree stand and I pee at the bottom of my tree stand because I'm going to have to go while I'm sitting there for 10 hours at a time. Mm-hmm. And, I actually do as much as I can to get my scent around there. The only thing that I am very uh, cognitive about is keeping my scent off of my game cameras. And yes. even that, i got one of my cameras eaten, and then now I mount mine up. I have to actually nose the 4 up to the tree and get up high enough to where the grizzlies can't get it. The blackberries seem to leave it alone.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but the grizzlies... Yeah, the grizzlies have actually pulled it down off the tree twice and eaten the batteries out of it once. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: um, and That's so... Bad you know I just I think it's it's kind of situational if they're used to your scent and they're expecting it to be there i you know i I don't want disappointment um and I don't want it to smell foreign when I am there because I don't care which direction they're coming from they're gonna smell you i mean it, yeah they they have phenomenal noses yeah agreed agreed so
0: yeah um i for sure i mean i I think. I don't know – I personally don't think there's any products that truly will get you, you know, scent-free or whatever. I, I really don't. I think you've got to put I, – I agree. I, that's what I've done that seems to work the best is you try to minimize your – I try to minimize my scent while I'm there. But I'm usually the one that's – well, I, I always am the one that's baiting my own spot. So I, I think that really it's just they get used to my scent you know because no matter what they I mean the big bears they do end up circling you um they 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 circle the bait sometimes coming in it, I just I don't think there is a way to actually fully be um I mean it happened to me this year I wasn't um I wasn't baiting very often and um I was doing like every third day, once a week, something like that. And um, so my my scent wasn't there a whole lot, and this mature bear had come into my bait site. It winded me on one day, and it never came in during the day again because it knew I was there. And I was I um you know it wasn't used to my scent being there. But I've had years where the wind was swirling, but I was baiting every single day, and the uh, the bears got. I had a mature bear come right in, no problem. So I, I think you're totally right with that.
1: But you know, I never, I never thought about that though, because I've had a couple of buddies, you know, uh, hit my stand, and they haven't even gotten black bears, you no know, grizz nothing to ever come in. i never thought about that being a completely different scent association with mm-hmm. the bait. You know, have, uh yeah. two guys, I've had guys in the stand with me and, and we've taken two black bears together, but I've actually never had even a grizzly come to the stand when I've had another guy uh, mm-hmm. in the stand with. So that, that's an interesting point. I'm going to have to see if that plays out this year or not, but yeah. Uh, um, I'm trying to
0: think of any, see his, one thing I do is I've never, I have the model that my bait site is not a, um, you know, a tourist attraction or something. so I never bring, um, the only person that ever, the only people I should say that ever come to the bait stand with me is my son and my wife. And, um, in, and when it gets towards actually, cause we have a month and a half baiting season before we can actually start hunting. And, um, within, you know, three weeks of hunting season, my wife stops coming to the bait. It's, it's just me going to the bait at that point. So, Um, so I don't know if, if bringing a fresh person on would, would stop it or not. I I don't know. But what I, what I have heard from some Canadian outfitters is usually the first couple days of the hunt, they tell some, you know, this isn't all outfitters, but some outfitters will tell their clients that, you know, Hey, don't expect to see a bear on the stand the first day because there's a fresh scent out there so i don't know that's interesting yeah (laughs) there's a lot to it that's for sure so and i mean i just got done talking to a guy that um he's killed a lot of big bears and um he fully believes in scent control and he claims that you can but i don't know it's hard to tell i i know it works for me and that's what i'm going to keep doing and that's me bait you know um Try to minimize my scent if possible, which it, I don't even know what that means. I, I, I basically don't stink, <laughs> you know. I try to shower non-scented stuff before the hunt and not scent. I don't believe in those sprays or whatever. That's stupid. If you think that works, that's stupid. But uh, yeah.
1: Um, basically, I try to. Where I'm at, you could put yourself in a completely scent-proof suit, but you still have to breathe, and exactly. breath. Your, your exhale breath is going to have an odor to it. So maybe I don't know. She wants some good and plenty, so you smell like it But um, <laughs> that's, I, that's exactly right. Covering up your breath. I mean, there's no way you can ever cover no. up your breath.
0: No, exactly. And there's um, there's no way that, and I'm sure somebody's like, oh well, here's here's the science with it. But there's no way that a suit that you're wearing. Is going to a piece of clothing is going to contain enough because basically the, the carbon supposedly a filter. There's no way there's a big enough filter on you to filter out your breath for or in the heat and the skin cells that are coming off your body for however many hours. There's just no way. I, I just don't buy it, but so I don't know, but yeah, so. Anyway, well, cool. So, um, off that tangent. Um, so I think we pretty much built up to your hunt here. So, um, tell me the story about uh the you taking that actual grizzly.
1: So that guy, I've been hunting him pretty solid for a little over a month. Um, it was uh, and it was just before um, Memorial Day weekend in May when I got in and I had sat that stand with, with my dad, with a buddy of mine, just so I'd have somebody with me, uh, as a backup. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I bring my dad into it because he's sitting out there, he's with me like, Oh, good Lord. here, here I have told this kid his whole life, not the whole third period. Yeah. And, uh, so anyway, um, I sat it and sat it and sat it uh, every weekend, Friday and Saturday, and even sometimes uh, early into Sunday night. I would sit it and I just nothing. I, I He never would come in. And I'd get pictures of him on the game camera pretty much the night after I'd leave or the night before I got there. He just went, would not come in with me in the stand. And, you know, maybe I could have been more diligent with my scent, but. I guess the way I figured it is if he would come in, so I I would watch, you know, I I would leave the bait uh, and within eight hours, he was back on the bait. And so I kind of find it hard to believe that it was just my scent alone that was keeping him away. I don't know if he was off hitting other sites or hitting, you know, other kills. I I don't know, but Mm -hmm. so I had pretty much worn out. Anyone else's patience for this stupid bear because I think everybody else thought it was uh, just a, a few efforts. So mm-hmm. I was actually a bunch of sit sitting in the stand, and uh, it was about 10, 10 at night. And you know, we've got a lot longer daylight hours up here than what you guys do down, down there. Yeah. Yeah. It just, for whatever reason, don't ask me why, it just felt different that night.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: I just had a funny feeling that it was going to be the night, and I was sitting there. And I'd really only been in my stand for about two hours, and uh, I I hear a stick break. I mean, it, it, it was oddly quiet that night. I mean, normally I've got like Boone and Crockett squirrels that run around my stand that've been <laughs> eating dog food for like three years now, and stashing out away. And I was I mean, like, there's squirrels everywhere,
2: there's birds. And
1: tonight, there was just nothing. There was no birds, no squirrels, nothing. Mm-hmm. And so I hear this stick break out there. I'm like, okay, maybe I'm hearing things. And then I hear another stick break. And that grizzly just came marching in from, from my left, just like he owned the joint. And it was about when he broke into the clearing um, past, past the kind of a big spruce tree on the left, left side of my shot where he something wasn't right and he got real leery and kind of slinked around a little bit and never really could get settled down, but he was just walking really slow, and I felt confident being able to put a shot behind behind his shoulder when he was walking real slow because he was giving me really good broadside looks. And so when he put his head behind the tree, that's when I went to draw back, and I don't know if he heard movement or, or saw movement, but he busted out of there. And crap. so he rounds out to about 50 yards and he starts popping his jaws and huffing and you know trying to, to taste the air and i'm like oh this is you know kind of cool but i'll probably never see this bear again and from about 100 yards at my 12 o'clock so he's still at, at about my uh, nine o'clock so at about my 12 o'clock 100 yards or so out i hear totally separate totally different jaw popping and huffing there's no way he got from my nine o'clock to my 12 o'clock that fast. And I'm like, holy, God, I got two bears. And I had never gotten a picture of two bears on my stand at the same time. It's funny because it makes all like, perfect sense now. But one of the, in some of the shots, he'd look really big. and other shots, he'd look like a you know, decent bear. And so I was never quite positive, you know, whether he was a really good bear or not. But what it was is he had a fowl that was hitting the bait as well, and so that fowl comes in. I mean, she came right in on my bait access trail, the, the trail that I had floor with we her on. She walked straight down that trail, and he circled from my 9 o'clock out to my 12 o'clock and followed that sow in about 25, 30 yards behind her and pulled her right in onto the bait. And she walks up, sticks her head right in that bucket of shrimp bodies, and goes right to the dog food never gave it any mind He's still leery but he's not quite as on edge as what he was before the sow was there you know the sow nothing bad has happened to the sow yet so he's still kind of trying to feel it out well he he works his way back around the the trees that were my barrels fastened to and i'm like you know i I got at least drawback and this is kind of one of the nice things about only shooting a 62 pound bow. I can hold full draw for a really long time. Mm-hmm. So I pull back on full draw and he gives me a really good broadside look and, and he posts up, but he's got his, his front left leg held back over his vitals. And so I'm waiting and waiting and he never did step forward with that foot right when I needed him to, he just kind of, move without ever really giving me a clear shot so he walks around past that uh that big spruce tree and that little video there and gives me a really good quartering away he just hesitated for a second and that's when I popped that arrow loose and uh it hit him actually a really steep quartering away shot but it hit him actually just a pinch behind his ribcage but it came out uh, between his neck and his front shoulder and just went through and obliterated um lungs and it just, yeah, it repped him, piled him up, and so he swirls, he does that, you know, that one eighty jump, takes off running, and uh, it was, it was one of the coolest experiences I've ever had because when I hit him with that arrow, he just went off this, I mean, just from from the dead silence that I had to hear him do that, I mean, it was almost deafening. it was like, holy crap! You know, crazy. <laughs> he takes off the you know, dead run off into the brush, and I I can hear him just crashing through brush, and then I hear one last really loud short just a like that. I was like, dang, I don't know if that was a death moan. I don't know if he got caught up on some brush and just assassinated a tree. Like, I I, I don't know at this point. (laughs) I turn back around to that sow, and she's looking and gives him, you know, five, ten seconds, and then she's right back on the bait and at first I'm, you know, kind of laughing about it, and then it kind of dawned on me, I'm like, how am I going to get rid of this sow? (laughs) She's not, not scared of me, I've just killed the boar that she's been courting, Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: she's like, crap, what am I going to do now? And, uh, so I pulled my phone out, it's, you know, by the time I got kind of past my initial excitement, I pulled my phone out at about 11 o'clock, and I, I called my dad to let him know that I, I shot a bear, and, and uh what my plan was and so i'm i'm in my treatment and talking on my phone in a normal conversation voice and she she was down there at the bait barrel and starts just slapping her teeth together at me and i'm like oh crap this is gonna be a bad deal <laughs> and uh so i get off the phone with my, with my own man and like yeah get everything squared away in the tree stand. I've, I've made a decision that I am going to leave everything except for my gun and spare bullets. And I'm going to make it back to the But I'm going to leave my, my bow, my, my pack, everything that I've got there, I'm going to leave that in the tree. And so I, I, I get my gun out and, uh, I came to a shell and I put it probably two feet over her head and, and squeezed off. And I expected her to just like flat leave the country. Well, she ran about fifty yards into the brush and kept on huffing and slapping her teeth together. Oh my crap! So I jumped another shell in, and I, I know I'm, I'm well over top of her, so I put a couple of rounds into the brush over top of her head. And again, I'm expecting to hear her you know, choking off to the brush. I didn't hear a thing. It was just dead silence, and I'm like, ah, oh, this sucks." <laughs> so I
2: took oh my gun.
1: And I just, I made a decision. I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to sit out here all night long. Let's my phone off. I think I've got at least a couple of minutes, maybe, before she comes back onto the bait. And so I climbed down out of the tree. And, I, you know, I don't know if it's possible to, to run in circles, you know, but I pretty much was running in circles, looking over my shoulder, making sure that she wasn't following me.
2: But <laughs>
1: I got just out of whatever would be her line of sight. I, I took off at a dead run. It was probably I don't know, six or 700 yards, give or take, back out to the four wheeler. <laughs> and, uh, oh man, I I hit that four wheeler, got the motor running, and it just burned out of there, got probably a quarter mile down the trail, and stopped. And I was just like, oh man, thank you, Lord, I made it. You know, so I get my phone back out, and I called my dad again. I said, hey, just so you know, I'm off the stand, I'm heading back to, back to, uh, I was actually, I was standing at my grandma's house when I was doing the front, and, uh, so, yeah, the, the following day, um, my dad and my brother-in-law came out with me, and uh, we went back out to the stand early in the morning, and I was a little bit worried, to be perfectly honest, that that sound was going to go over and find that dead boar and uh, have a nice, fresh meat feast,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and bears are bears are ruthless, man. They don't, yeah. they don't care. Yeah. So, we went back out the following day, and, uh, you know, I I pointed out exactly where I had shot, where the bear, I thought the bear had gone, and. We found my animal and found a really good blood trail. And, yeah, within 80 yards, he was piled up. And, uh, I mean, we, when we uh, skinned him and gutted him and everything, I mean, just the lungs were completely filled with blood. And when we pulled his heart out, the heart was actually completely empty. I mean, there was no blood left there. It was actually it was really cool to see. Wow. But, awesome. Yeah, that's, uh, that, was, that was pretty sick and exciting. And, uh, yeah. and then... After we took that boar off the stand, we had a, a actually a bigger boar um, come in and start hitting my stand right towards kind of the beginning of June. Um, mm-hmm. And that's the one that my, I was trying to get my buddy on. He hadn't taken a bear uh, ever at this point, and, you know, he, he really wanted a grizzly. And I said, you know, absolutely, let's, let's try to get you this grizzly. Mm-hmm. Well, he sat the stand, and I sat the stand with him, and the only thing that we ever got actually to come in, we got two black bears to come in. And, uh, we got, uh, to come in. Uh, it was probably about seven o'clock in the morning, something like that. We'd have to stand all the way through the night. Mm-hmm. And he came. At o'clock in the morning, just really stretched out. You know, he could, he knew that that big, that bigger bore had been on the date and he, uh, he was coming super on guard and he went in. Somebody else looked right at the, uh, but that rotten, nasty stuff that I had laying out there, went right past it, right through the dog food. And he laid down, started just chomping away, and I tucked that one in right behind, nipped Nick the heart on that one, and I think he maybe went fifteen yards before nice. he died. And uh, the the following day, um, was when we got my buddies, uh, Sal back there off the stand and yeah, it was I think maybe they knew the the big boar had moved on or wasn't in the area, and that's why they were as brazen as they were to come in. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I really I just I don't have that good of black bear on my skin. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. That's still cool though. You got an awesome boar. That's cool. <laughs> I, I still can't believe le- trying to leave with the sow. That's that's awesome.
1: <laughs> oh, that man. was one of the sketchier sketchier moments that I've ever had out in the woods. I yeah, I mean, I've had a few, but yeah, that one, that one had me pretty amped up, and uh, it's funny, you know, if, you, if you watch that video um, of the bear hunt, uh, where there was no music or anything playing in the background, it's just in raw, I really didn't even edit any of that, I didn't trim any of it or anything, yeah. um, if you turn the volume up all the way, you can actually hear my heartbeat. I'm, dude, I'm cranking out like 180 beats a minute, and, it, and <laughs> you can actually hear the GoPro mount that I have on my head. Uh-huh. And I'm just, uh, I couldn't even have told you how long I held that boat back at full draw. It, yeah. it didn't matter. It could have been three minutes. I had so much adrenaline down there. Yeah, know, <laughs> yeah it, it, was, it was awesome. That's... It was such a cool experience
0: that's great yeah and for the listeners i'll I'll uh, post a link to that video too so so you guys can watch it, it it's awesome so sweet <laughs> Well, cool that's great so um how uh how big was the the grizzly you shot I guess
1: so he was right at eight feet uh, okay. as far as what he squared um you know, a weight or a school measurement I never did get there yeah. get measured I got Fish and game pulled tooth on it, but I never got it measured or anything. Yeah, um, cool. still sit in the freezer in my shop. But uh, yeah, he was he was right on about eight feet. Nice, cool, good deal.
0: So, um, did you? Is that one of the units where you have to salvage the meat? Um,
1: that one on the um, grizzlies over bait, you got to take the hide, and then you got to take the 440 backstrap. Okay, gotcha. And. Uh, so we've had really mixed results with grizzly meat and with black bear meat both, mm-hmm. and it kind of seems like whatever the the meat smells like as you're as you're gutting the animal. That's really going to be pretty indicative of how it tastes. Okay. Um, so if you're in it and the meat is relatively odorless and it doesn't smell like a green dumpster, it's probably going to be a pretty dog on good eating bear. Yeah. Um, we've had some black bear meat that you know people that that don't know any better would wouldn't honestly know what they were eating they would probably mm-hmm. assume it's something between like a pork and a beef
2: yeah yeah
1: and, and they just you know they're just so taken aback when you tell them that's actually black bear that you're eating right there yeah um but Disney, uh that one smelled about like that rotten goose did he <laughs> stunk so i don't know if he's gotten onto a old moose kill or what yeah um, you know, I always kind of figured it was about, like, you know, with your hogs, you don't ever want to finish your hogs with rotten pet vegetables or anything. Otherwise, the meat's going to be nasty in your hogs. Yeah. Um, you know, I just, I kind of assume it's the same thing when they get over the the rotten meat or something that kind of tends to blend into their Yo. flavor. Yeah. And I've had, I've had grizzly, greens, you know, you make tacos out of it and stuff. So I don't know that I'd ever want to eat, like, a, a grizzly hamburger. Uh, it <laughs> definitely has a good flavor, but. Mm-hmm. you know that's, you can tell it's not it's not moose or caribou, but it's not bad i'd yeah. I would eat it again right that's cool so
0: yeah i've never had grizzly meat i've had tons of black bear um the black bears around here they they tend not to be very carnivorous at all they don't really scavenge a whole lot so <laughs> they're usually really really good eating yeah, like you said that they're basic. It basically tastes like a cross between pork and beef. Um, and in my mind, I I, I tend to do a lot of pork dishes with it, but it, yeah, it, it's usually delicious. And, and most, you know, I feed it to people and they're like you said, taken aback it that it's that it's bear or whatever. Um, but yeah, I have never tried grizzly and I've heard such mixed things about it. That's, that's why I ask, especially with an interior grizzly like that. So, but.
1: You know, I would be a lot, uh, I'd be a lot more adventurous with eating an interior bear than I would like a Kodiak. Yeah. I don't know that you could see a Kodiak sitting down there just camped out on a rotten fish. I mean, that, yeah. I can't even fathom what those would taste like. Yeah, I can't imagine either. So,
0: I, I just wonder, you know, if you had <laughs> the only thing I could think of that you could do with some with something like that is just make. You know, I don't know how much meat you get off a Kodiak Bear. Let's just say 500 pounds, but maybe 500 pounds of sausage. I have no idea, <laughs> but I don't know. You could you have... certainly
2: try.
1: i
0: hate to yeah. put that
1: kind of money into making 500 pounds of sausage. <laughs>
0: I wonder what a 500-pound batch of, of Kodiak Bear pepperoni
1: costs. <laughs> I, I doubt you'd find anybody that would pot the meat. I don't think they'd mix it with anybody else's stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true.
0: <laughs> One time run, you gotta buy the equipment. <laughs>
1: yeah. <Right. laughs> yeah. yeah. You're gonna have to buy the mixture and everything when we get because this you're gonna stink everything up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's cool. So
0: well good deal.
1: So cool. So
0: um Yeah, so now you still have that big bear. Um you were telling me before the podcast that you uh you're looking to get your daughter on that big board that gave you the slip last
1: year i am I... yeah so my plan this year um i have been just hunting out of a i've got oh, good grief what is it you know, a lot the big tree stands is, i don't remember what brand it is yeah uh, the uh, cedar a or something person. yeah it's a ladder stand mm-hmm. um, it's Nothing very fancy, nothing very comfortable. So, what I kind of wanted to do this year is build my own stand. Mm -hmm. Something that I could get my pup up in there with a sleeping bag and get her laid down and and propped up really well. Mm -hmm. And uh, she'll
2: be be eight this year.
1: Uh, she like not be eight. She just turned eight back in March. Um, But uh, she's been shooting her 22 really well. And she's taken quite a few squirrels and stuff. All completely by herself. Me not helping her or anything shooting her her uh they're 22 mm-hmm. and all of them are really good shots and I mean, they're rid right of the money even for a you know obviously for a squirrel but even if it was a bigger animal hitting her behind the shoulder where she's been taken out i mean she's she may be a better shot than i am
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh she's well, she she was hacked off at me back when i got my very first bear because so she was supposed to be there with me and mm-hmm. I think she's, I always has it against me that I've never taken a bear with her. But, yeah, she's been hounding me pretty bad this year to get her out in the stand. And, awesome. uh, I, I feel pretty confident we're going to bring in here with my, my seventy set up. And, uh, she'll, she'll camp out up there. And then I'll back her up probably with a 338 or something. Yeah. Or like that. Yeah. Uh, just hit it with a keep going real fast. I mean, it'll still be her bear. But, you know, it, uh. That, that big boy is nothing to mess with. If I had to guess, I mean, boy, eight and a half, maybe even touching up close to nine. Yeah. He's a monster.
0: That's a big interior grizz. So, that's awesome. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> he's a head and a half
2: when I made
1: about like a block. It's just as blocky and as square as, as you'll find just about anywhere. That's awesome sweet that is so cool
2: <clears throat>
1: i am
0: not sure i've ever heard of anybody <clears throat> bringing their 8-year-old daughter on a grizzly hunt that is awesome <laughs> awesome awesome that is so motivating <clears throat> that is great so
1: <clears throat> super cool she's a trooper she's uh she is she has loved being hunting with me i've had her when she was shoot i think she was four when i had her out on our first caribou hunt and uh, we got a caribou that year and she was over there with a stick poking the guts and and playing around with her cousins and and uh we look just because the kids are young doesn't mean they can't come too it's just it's it it's a challenge for sure it's just yeah you know it's a different style hunt that we take amongst the caribou it's, i mean the majority of my hunts are all backpack based hunts but yeah uh, like when I hunt caribou, we'll take a four wheeler or a side by side in and hunt more so off of that. If we've got the kids with them, mm-hmm. um, if it's just me, yeah, I'll still go in with a backpack and, and hunt caribou. But yeah, it's uh, we've done pretty well with with caribou tags over the years, and uh, it's a it's a great break in for the kids as far as hunting and to see how they do out in the woods and whether they can hit, cut it with with all the bugs and the rain and the sleeping in the tent and stuff so yeah yeah, she's she's great
0: that's cool that's that's really awesome so and the memories i'm sure are absolutely priceless so that's that's awesome so cool deal so awesome well um we'll be going a while so um i guess we'll start wrapping this up uh do you have any any closing thoughts or anything you want to talk about or Anything you want to add? I
1: guess. You know, not that I can think of right offhand. I may have a few more stories after this season wraps up. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm pretty pumped. I can't, I can't wait. To with you. we're, uh, <clears throat> we're gonna head out uh, this weekend and uh, get the get the barrels out, get the cameras set up, and and start the season off. And this year, I'm probably gonna run uh, two barrels. 55-gallon drums. I take the mm-hmm. just the two-inch bung out. I don't cut any holes in the sides or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I take the two-inch bung out of the barrels, and that's what they can get their food out of this year. I'm going to fill uh, two barrels up because last year and in, in the years per, uh, previous, the bears were going through a 55-gallon drum of food about every three days. So I was having mm-hmm. to go out midweek after work, and so I was doing bomber runs out. And then I get off work. I live an hour from. the the office that I work at, and then it's about an hour and a half to get out to my grandma's house. Mm
2: -hmm. Then I hop
1: on a wheeler and ride about 45 minutes into my bait stand, rebate, and then come bombing back out, get back to the house, pretty much take a shower, go to bed, Mm -hmm. get up and head back in. Yeah. So I was breathing down on Thursday Mm -hmm. mornings, and uh, yeah, this year I'm going to try running two barrels and and hope have to go out midweek again. Yeah,
0: yeah. I kind of had a similar experience this last year. I um, I decided to hunt at my old spot. Um, that's about two hours north of where I live. And so um, I would, I was getting up because we don't have the in our baiting season starts in August and goes through September. So we don't have the long days. So what I was doing is I was getting up at 3:30 in the morning, and I was driving two hours north getting to the woods right at first light. I was going, um, every three days or so, uh, and we were not allowed to use barrels on public land. So I was having to dig a hole and cover it with logs. And so they're just going through bait like crazy. And cause I probably had, well, I just counted that I had about 10 to 12 different black bears on my bait. And so I was going through a ton of bait. So, um, I'd, I'd get there at first light, just fill that hole up with as much bait as I could. Probably, I don't know, at, at least a barrel's worth of bait every three days. And um, wow, yeah. And uh, um, same thing, get, you know, driving out of the woods, getting changed into my my work clothes, and going right into work like that. So driving two hours back to get to work. So I'm just barely getting there in time. So. Can definitely relate to the relate to the bomber bait runs. <laughs>
1: yeah, so. I'm gonna have to uh, I'm gonna have to rethink my my attachment where I, I fast the barrels to the uh, that big boar at the end of the season mm-hmm. when I clean uh out. It just kind of got to the point where towards the end of June I, I wasn't gonna have any more time to go out there to hunt. Um, I was pretty much already tagged out. I had didn't really have any desire to take any more than the 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 bear. The, the boar, excuse me, the grizzly boar, and then the black bear
2: mm-hmm. that I
1: took, I really just didn't have any desire to to shoot anything else. I could have maybe taken, well, actually, I could could have taken several more black bears, but I just didn't have the desire to. So I quit baiting, and when I quit baiting, he put a hurt on my barrel, man. The thing's all dented up, and uh, he tried. So I use a coated quarter inch um, steel braided line, and it's got the plastic coating around the outside that's what I wrap around the, around the tree. And then I, uh, um, the cable clamps and he tried his best to shoot his way through that cable. And Mm. it's, it's pretty stinking impressive. Just the, the power that was in. Oh yeah. I can imagine.
0: I can imagine. So that's awesome. Well, cool. So, Well, I will definitely be living vicariously through you because I don't get to hunt until, (laughs) let's see, August. Well, I'll start baiting in August, and then my hunt is September 1st this year. So um, I was going to do a spring hunt in Canada this year, but uh, I had some things come up, and so that's not going to happen this year. uh, Not yet. Yeah, but... So I will definitely be living vicariously through you, so, and, uh, if you get that big grizz, I want to hear the story, so.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll be sure to let you know if I do.
0: Yeah, for sure,
1: cool, so, awesome.
0: Well, um, so what we will do for everybody is I will post the links in the description for this podcast so you can see, uh, Kyle's videos, um, they're pretty, it's pretty sweet to watch that kill shot, um. And um is there anything else, uh, anything else? You, you got your YouTube channel and your Instagram,
1: uh any other pages you have or anything like that. Uh yeah, so I've got the Instagram my analyzing Instagram the slide mountain. Um it's kind of the general not to give away exactly where I hunt, but that's yeah. That's pretty much where my where my stand is at in that general area. Mm-hmm. Uh and that's that's the bird real quick without a slide mountain. So that's that's where the name comes from. But Gotcha. Uh, yeah, I've got my uh, I've got my YouTube channel, my right Instagram, and then uh, if anybody's on Rock Slide, the hunting forum there, mm. and, uh, I'm pretty active there. Same handle uh, as my YouTube channel, Slide Mountain. So yeah, okay. uh, if anybody has questions? Know? Okay, sounds
0: good. I'll put that in the description and we'll uh, go from there. So, well, thanks for coming on, Kyle. I really appreciate it. Uh, it's been a very fun conversation. So. Um, <laughs> yeah, right
1: on. Thanks for
0: having me. <laughs> yeah, no problem. So thanks for coming on. Have a great night. And good luck this season. Right on. Thanks. Yep. <laughs> All right. See you, everyone. See ya. Bye.